SMC Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the SMC Podcast. Today, I'm here with Michael Forney again, and uh, Michael is just returned from Mordor itself. I have. Yeah, you were in New Zealand for the holidays, and uh, you kept sending me pictures, or at least posting pictures online, Mm -hmm. of all these different places from Lord of the Rings. Uh, What was your favorite place? Well, uh... I think Hobbiton's the most developed for tourists, so I just want to put that disclaimer out there right away. Uh, But I think my favorite place personally was uh, the Pinnacles, which is where they filmed the Dimholt Road, a very famous scene where Aragorn goes into the uh, mountain there and... uh, and confronts the dead king and so so i did not break fellowship i followed him all the way all right Uh, so it was a beautiful and just really enjoyable experience excellent uh well today we've got michael here to talk to us and uh give us a little bit of a encouraging word uh talking about running on empty today so let me turn it over to you sure i i think that uh for people like myself who are um, very hard workers who enjoy the kind of work that we do. We feel called. We see all the potential of what God can do. We have great vision. We have great hope. Um, and we step into these ministry situations and start running at full steam. And when things don't work out the way we had envisioned, um, we decide, oh, we just need to work harder. And so we uh, throw ourselves even more at it and over time we start to recognize that we're compromised by how tired we are how burnt out sometimes people don't recognize it till they're on the road in the side on the side of the road in the ditch uh, just emotionally and uh, and sometimes physically and as somebody who has been in that place more than once in uh, my pastoral ministry um, i'm trying to learn better and better as i Uh, progress to um, how how can I stay away from that place of just uh, running on empty or running towards empty emotionally because when we're at that place it it becomes really really hard for us to lead others it becomes really hard for God to be able to work uh, through us in the ways he wants because we're not uh, able to uh, facilitate and to do uh, what he wants. And the, the irony of all of it is it's, it's really not a necessary place to be. I think of the words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, where Jesus said, uh, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I think a lot of us in pastoral ministry uh, in our cynical moments might might read this scripture as, Come unto me, all who are weary, and I will crush your soul and <laughs> give you, uh, put you through the ringer or just, just really 
give you a heavy burden. And sometimes I think ministry feels uh, like a heavy burden or, or life can even feel like a heavy burden when we're facing daunting challenges or, or impossible uh, obstacles in our path. And I have learned personally that whenever I come to that place of where I start to feel like the ministry is a burden or that people are a burden or there's this big heavy yoke, like my soul is being crushed. For me personally, that's always a sign that I'm stepping out of my role as a servant of God and trying to take on the role of God. And so instead of being a a facilitator and co-laborer with Jesus and his work, I'm trying to do Jesus' work for him. And whenever we uh, get into that place, um, we get a rude uh, abrupt, sometimes blunt lesson that uh, we who are called to do this fantastic work alongside of Jesus are in fact not Jesus and cannot um, that, that everything is not possible with us everything is not ca- I am not capable of saving anyone or of um, accomplishing the vision of God Um, apart from him and so I think that the sooner we recognize that there's a lot of peace there because we can lean into him and uh, we'll see God do some amazing things Uh, you talk a little bit um, about the line between um, it being Jesus' job and our job Uh, I know it's impossible to like really know like you know, if you've done ABC, you cross the line. But do you have any tips as to like what is our job and what is <laughs> the job of Jesus? Well, yeah, I think I think it's um, I think it has more to do with um, if if you think of the illustration that J- Jesus gives of this yoke. Uh, if you have two animals that are under the same yoke, they're doing the same job. They're just not doing it uh, alone. And they're, they're, one can't be trying to do more than the other. I mean, you're, 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 there's this, uh, and, and there's n- not necessarily, while they're doing the same job, they might not always be doing an equal job. You know, they're just together. They're always together and right beside each other. And I think um, the passage in Proverbs uh, 3, 5, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding Uh, Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I I think of that passage, and I think one of the easiest ways to tell if you're crossing the line is if you're impressed with your own wisdom or if you're leaning into your own understanding instead of um, really leaning in and trusting God. I mean, this can this is so subtle because sometimes you can be doing the same exact thing, but your posture matters. So if um, uh, I'm you know trying to lift a, a weight and I do it from the wrong posture, it could cause serious damage to my back or my body, whatever. But if I'm lifting that same weight with the right posture. Um, I can do it easily because that's how I was created and, 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 and within my capability. And I think that's, that's a lot of what, where we go wrong is, is we just 
start to lean into our own understanding and we we start to lean into our own strength and we start to get impressed with our own problem solving and um that's just a really deceptive path to be on because uh it's easy and at first it it's probably uh i don't it's not probably not okay but i mean at first you don't really recognize the damage of that is so subtle. I think it's one of those things the Bible talks about, beware of the traps of the enemy. I think I think one of these ways that the enemy entraps us is seducing us with our own strength and our own wisdom. And, and, and we have some talented pastors in our Southern Michigan Conference, men and women that are, that are just uh, phenomenally gifted and have a lot of wisdom, have a lot of understanding, and it, and it is so easy when you're in those moments to lean into that instead of choosing to step back and trust God. And I can definitely tell if you're in a situation where you don't see an out, if you're like, oh, there's, if you feel trapped, if you feel like there's no way to win, if you feel like you're in just this drudgery of, I don't know how this is going to work, you are definitely leaning into your own wisdom <laughs> and your own strength because there is no challenge. There is no situation in which God doesn't understand fully, can't bring resources to bear to produce an outcome in alignment with his will. I heard, uh, and I haven't looked this up myself, but I heard that uh, in kind of this analogy of, you know, uh, two oxen carrying a cart, if you will. Apparently one oxen can carry like a certain amount of weight, but two oxen can carry like, I don't know, three times that amount of weight. So yeah, I still need to look into the facts, but it seems like uh, uh, two oxen can actually do much more work than just like they should mathematically working together makes it easier well i think that's i think that's part of what um jesus is inviting us into is when we partner with him it's it's sort of like uh take your kid to work day you know uh, i don't know about you i have daughters i i would bring them to work with me and the kind of work that i'm doing they're not intellectually capable or uh, you know, experienced enough to be able to do that kind of work effectively. But you'd always want to involve them on that day so they could get a picture and an understanding. And so you'd invite them to come and partner with you in their in your work, knowing that their help is probably less uh, help than it is really just just being together and enjoying that moment and sharing who you are and and, and what. God has called you to do. And I, I think in some ways, this invitation to ministry is uh, one where we're the child in, uh, in this scenario. And God is inviting us to partner with him. And he wants to involve us in a meaningful way, both to better understand who he is and also be able to help impact uh, the world. But, but the lion's share is not on us. It's on him, and 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 um, and so if we lean into him, if we uh, if we stay paced with him, if we stay in that place where we're connected, where we're trusting him, where we're following his lead, and um, leaning into his strength, then it's just so much uh, 
it's so much easier to do the work of the ministry because we're able to facilitate what God is doing rather than try to manufacture something that people would interpret as what God is doing but is in fact something we're just trying to create because you know our our Play-Doh sculptures are are not going to compare to Michelangelo here so yeah. Yeah, I think there's just so much importance in listening to God's voice and trying to to figure out his direction uh, yeah I think that um, he I, I think we often uh, try to do the work of the ministry to gain God's approval mm-hmm. like uh, so we're trying to achieve and, and uh, um, establish our worth based on our performance in ministry so we look to these uh, women and men in ministry who have accomplished all the things that you know we hope to someday be or that we envision ourselves to be and then we strive up under that vision or I don't even know if it's a vision but we strive up under that expectation that that's inappropriate because one we're not that person and two God has called us to where we are but but we um, we put on this expectation of achievement that becomes the very shackles by which we're bound and we find ourselves in this emotional tyranny where we where we don't feel valued and so in the american experience if we don't feel valuable then we double down and try to do even more so that we can feel valuable well that's a nasty trap because we expend what little time energy and resource we have in busy work that's not accomplishing uh the true uh work of the ministry and and I, I think if we really have to pare it down, it's not about strategy. It's not about achievement. Those things are important to leading organizations, and I'm not trying to undercut those. We need to do those things. But if we were to, if we were to eliminate everything uh, to the essential, the most essential is, Jesus, what are you doing today? Hmm. And and what do you want? How do you want me to partner with you in that? Uh, Jesus, here's this challenge. I don't know how to get past it. What what do you think about it? And what and what could what could I do in in obedience to you um, to to get through this? And I think I think a lot of it is more about our willingness to seek and surrender than our ability to figure it out and achieve and so um i I think we just got to get good at listening uh to god who is always with us and uh really take our marching orders from him i know when i'm a lot focused on myself and me pulling through my energy is just like ministry falls apart everywhere i think that was actually like my first year year and a half or so just uh um, you know, when there's transition in church, you lose a lot of people. Uh, people are trying to kind of sense out the new direction, the new guy. And um, even that, I just found for myself, I was putting so much focus on myself. Like, people don't like me. As a pastor, a lot of times you like to people please. Right. <laughs> you know, you didn't get in this job anyways because you wanted to make people mad. Right. Uh, and then uh, when you feel like you're failing there, it can cause you to feel like you're failing with God because you're putting so much judgment on yourself. Um, well, and all of that self-judgment and, and self-expectation and, um, and drive to prove our worth to God is um, actually enslaving. 
It, mm-hmm. it actually prevents us from receiving from God. And, um, you know, St. Augustine in the City of God, he said, God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, that this is true in ministry. Um, you know, God is God's heart is to give us good things. God's heart is to, um, you know, help. I mean, he wants to see his church grow more than you do. He wants to see those that are far from Jesus in the community come to faith more more than you do. He wants to see those that are enslaved by sin and uh, captured and captive uh, to darkness. He wants to see them come into life and experience freedom and life and vitality way more than we do. But our hands are so full of our own busyness of our own uh, self-doubt, of our own self-judgment, of our own need to prove our worth or to gain people's acceptance, that we're not in a position to receive the good things that, that he has for us. And I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's really time for us to let go of so many of our own expectations and our own judgments and our own uh, drive and to just say, Jesus, here I am. I'm surrendered to you. I'm submitted to you. Um, what do you want to do? And I, I'm here to receive. And I, I think when we get in this pattern of just uh, going to Jesus and listening and receiving from him and then acting in obedience and submission to what he says, that's when we're going to see the good things of God manifest in our context. And so um, I, I know right now there are a lot of pastors across the Southern Michigan Conference and and probably across the world that are just they're even just listening to that you're all like oh that's that's a great platitude but how does this work in real life and you know it really sounds oversimplified but um, you know if you're really in that place where you're like it can't be that easy or or you know yeah yeah I've tried that um I'm, I'm not talking about throwing up a Hail Mary prayer and, uh, you know, or I, I'm talking about reorienting your trust. Am I going to trust God? Am I going to lean into him? Am I going to listen? Am I going to lay down my expectations? Am I going to lay down uh, my needs to achieve? And, um, and when we do that, um, you know, this promise out of Proverbs, he will show us the path to take. But it, it does require us to to stop, to stop and to listen, um, to engage with him. And, you know, I, I mean, there's a flip side to that. We can't, if, if you're not willing to do something, if you're if you're lazy and just sitting on your rear end and, and just want to pray everything into existence... Um, it's it's both trust and obedience that are required. So so when we trust and we seek him and we engage him in that, he's going to show us something to do. Well, then that means obedience too. And that, that takes courageous, faith-filled obedience. So there's two sides to that coin. But I would say in our culture, most people err to the side of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things, whether or not they're what God told me. And they they leave out this side of, um, I, I know I do. I, I just find it so easy to trust my own capability than to really actively trust in Jesus. What you're talking about brings to mind uh, a story out of Mark where 
Jesus wakes up early to go and pray, which always strikes me as odd because, you know, Jesus is God, and yet here he is, like, I got to go listen to myself or however that works, you know. Uh, <laughs> so he he uh, he goes and prays, and the disciples wake up. They can't find him anywhere. They go out trying to find him. And when they show up, it's like they already have in mind what they think is good for ministry, what they think is good for Jesus, for, for God, for the kingdom, if you will. Um, and so, like, they're like, hey, uh, everyone's looking for you. Let's go back to town and do this stuff all over again. And, and it all looks like good stuff because it's all ministry. You know, there's healing, there's deliverance, yeah. uh, there's preaching the king, uh, the kingdom to them. So, like, in my mind, you know, I'm probably the disciples. I'm the one who's like, let's go do more of that. And, yeah, Jesus is just like, no, nah, let's go to the next town. <laughs> Obviously, he's you know getting marching orders for the day or something in his prayer session but um right there you know that just strikes me as like an everyday conversation that for me comes up in ministry like keep doing this good thing the things that i think we should do yet if i were to stop and listen to god he might be like all right next town even though those things are good we got more to do over here Uh, and, and just how that might work into my uh, the way in which God's orienting our own ministries. Well, I think I think that's so good, Jamin, because there's so many things that we do once or twice, and we see the fruitfulness of God in that, and then we're like, that's the one horse rodeo that we got going on for, for the next however, because we think, okay, if it worked once and it produces great results, it's always going to work in every context, and, um, you know, we need to do more of that, but... Um, I think, I think we need to be more like Jesus to, to say, um, God, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want to do? And where do you want me to be? What, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to put my efforts? Where do you want me to, to labor? And to um, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, is it, is it uh, to just go listen? Uh, is it to um, you know, go to a new town, try a new thing? Is it to um, be patient and wait? You know, I think a lot of times too, our achievement, our achievement-driven process, our 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 just insatiable need for quote success, um, drives us at at such a pace that um, it's really robbing us of joy and robbing us of strength. And and you know, not not everything in Scripture came right away. You know, there's sometimes we have to wait and we have to persevere and we have to pray and um, we don't like that, and but um, but that's the way that's the way things are. So the the only way we know if um, if we're if we're to wait, or if we're to move on, or if we're to press in, or the only way we know what we should do is to listen and to say, Jesus, um, you know what what would you have me to do? And so I think you already basically answered it but if you were to sum up in one tip you're, you're about to start the week trying to figure out how to kind of get in this mindset what would you do yeah well as a pastor starting our week on mondays we can all just confess that that's a that's a blast um <laughs> so you know that i think coming in on a low um you know thinking of isaiah 40 uh, 31 that says those who trust in the Lord will find new strength they will soar high on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint I think I think coming into that Monday 
we need to just renew our trust in the Lord. And for, I don't know about you, but for me um, to do that, I, I, one of the best ways I can do that is to listen to worship music and, and start to engage in my own mm. uh, private time because it's so easy to be discouraged by it didn't go the way I wanted on Sunday or it didn't happen uh, quite the way. And, and maybe I screwed up and that happens more than I'd like. Um, and just coming in on that low of, oh my goodness, the things I have to do this week and I don't know how I'm going to get them done. And I've got these major challenges and I've got these really honorary people that the Lord just needs to smite. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you come into that Monday and you've got all this stuff and, and it, you got to set aside the stuff and you got to remember again uh, who God is and what he's capable of and, um, and just, just immerse yourself in that. Just immerse yourself in his love, immerse yourself in his presence, immerse yourself in his power, immerse yourself in his holiness and just, and just allow the faith of God to wash over you um, and and just to be renewed, to be renewed in your strength by by just trusting in the Lord, by just by just coming into his presence and and allowing the the waves of faith to wash over you. The Bible says that that God gives us gifts of faith and that and that our strength is renewed and that we and that we um, experience joy and we experience vitality when we uh, allow the presence of the Lord to just wash over us like that. And so, you know, I, I think just practically speaking, if, if you're at a place where you're just like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, coming up against a hard rock, you know, I, I, just to enter into that place that allows the presence of God to wash over you and to just encourage your faith so that you can persevere. And... Jim Watkins, a journalist, uh, said that a river cuts through a rock not because of its power, but because of its persistence. And I think there's a real lesson in that. If you're feeling like you're hitting up against the rock, you know, I think that sometimes we just have to persist. But that persistence is enabled when we allow the power of God and the presence of God to just wash over us in a in an encouraging, uh, faith, faith-filled way. So, so there, there isn't a magic trick, Jamin. I mean, there's not like, uh, okay, we can, you know, rub the lamp and Jesus comes out and we get our three wishes. Uh, but, but there really is a powerful thing that happens every time we submit to God and we immerse ourselves in his presence and demonstrate a willingness to be obedient and, and a willingness to trust in uh, what, what, who he is, in his goodness, in, in the face of everything that we're, that we're facing that would say this is impossible, that, this is, that this, is, this is a living hell to say that God is bringing his kingdom right here in the middle of my struggle, in the middle of my mystery that I can't figure out in the middle of this uh, unbelievable mess, the presence and the kingdom of God is being established. And I can trust that God is able, that God is good, and that God will complete 
what he started if I just put my trust in him and uh, submit to him in saying yes to whatever it is he's asking me to do and saying no to whatever he's not asking to me to do. whatever the disciples want you to do. <laughs> well, the disciples are what my own what my own ambition or, you know, whatever the expectation is. Yeah. Uh, was it you who shared the story about um, there was a church that was just rapidly expanding and you wanted to figure out how they were and they just kept saying they were just praying and that was it? Well, was, was I, that's that you a great who story. That story. Yeah, yeah, no, that wasn't one that I that I shared, but you know, in in a well, it's what I've experienced. I think that yeah. that prayer and moving into the presence of God always is that accelerator, um, and it, it can't, it can't, you can't listen. You can fake grow a church. I mean, so <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> You're gonna need to expand on uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can, we can. We do have organizational magic tricks oh, okay. and entertainment things that will inflate our our attendance and things like that. But but God's not interested in our attendance. God is it is interested in the number of disciples. He's interested in the number of people gathering for worship and missional purpose. And and uh, you you really can't fake that, like because it requires submission to Jesus and. And people don't like submission to Jesus. Yeah. You know, I don't like submission to Jesus. So, so you can't. So, so the only way that you really see that thrive and grow and expand is with a miraculous move of His presence. And the only time you see the miraculous, or I would, I shouldn't say the only time, when you look historically at the moves of God that were marked by spectacular presence and exponential growth every single time they were bathed um, in prayer and connection with God and in, and, and in worship. And I think that um, if, you're, if you're just listening to this podcast today and you're discouraged and you're feeling downtrodden and you're feeling like you've given it your all, you're not even sure if you should be doing this anymore, uh, maybe you should be checking groceries at the uh, or whatever it is that's going on in your heart or you just have this impending sense that everything's going to crash down around you can i just say you're called of god you're not an imposter you're not facing an impossible situation if you will uh, turn your heart to god and you will trust in him and if you will begin to worship and allow the gift of faith to well up within you and just and just choose to trust him and do only what he tells you to do um i i, I promise every single time that we do that god delivers he he is faithful he is capable and um so i um, mean that that's been my ministry experience and and you know just oftentimes we just start with dumb expectations i i don't know that i've told this story before but um uh one of my favorite stories of church growth is 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 a church that was down to eight elderly people, and uh, they they got together and there was only eight of them, so the whole church got together, and they said, "Listen, our billings paid off. I mean, we, um, you know, but we really can't afford a pastor. You know, is it really time to to close her down? You know, or does God have a purpose for us?" and And they prayed about it and they just said, "God, what do you want to do with your church?" 
And they came back together and he said, you know, we just really feel like God isn't ready to be done with us. Um, but we, we don't see a way forward. So what, what is the way forward? So they began to pray some more. God, what is the way forward here? And, um, and God just said, well, what have I given you? So they, they, just, they just talked about it together, the, the eight of them. And they said, well, I don't know. We're really not that talented of a bunch. Uh, but one thing we are, one thing we do have lots of is time because we're all retired. And uh, so we have time. Well, well, what can we do with that time? You know, and they, what they, they prayed and continued to talk about it. They figured out that they could listen, that they could listen with their time. And so uh, they prayed and felt like God was telling them to, to volunteer at the local high school to just listen to students that wanted to be listened to. I mean, nothing else. That's it's just going to listen. They didn't go up there to share the gospel. They didn't, they didn't go up there to, to uh, try to persuade people or anything. They just went up there to listen. So they went to the principal, Hey, do you think that kids would want to talk to elderly people and will listen, <laughs> you know? And the principal said, yeah, I mean, a lot of these kids, they just don't have adult influence. I think that'd be great. So he said, would you come to an assembly and we'll just announce that you're here and then people can sign up. So, uh, so they did that. And, um, within a year, the church was running over 140 people that had come to faith in Christ. And, um, all they did was listen, right? And, but God can take even the most base of, 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 I mean, even the most basic ability even the the frugal or the not frugal the the meager things that we have and he can multiply it just like he did with the five loaves and and two fishes but but it requires that submission and the willingness to um the willingness not to try to figure it out i'm pretty sure those eight people could have like come up with the you know the evangelistic we're gonna go door to door and our you know evangelism explode or whatever um and they could have come up with a strategy, but but by choosing to listen to God and just be obedient and, and him saying, Hey, I just want you to go listen. And and by and by being faithful to that, God gave them influence in their community that um, you know, made that a thriving church again that was multi generational, um, because of their trust. Yeah. We uh we actually took a tip from you. Uh, story you were telling me a few weeks ago is everywhere you went you would always just the thing that really got things going was you just prayer. you'd have prayer yeah and uh it usually was only you for several months that's right First <laughs> and others months. showed yeah. up now, i've done like every event you can think of at every time every day that you can think of and just like nothing ever has a turnout that i would hope for uh and i just decided with the new year's like we're gonna have a prayer meeting for an hour at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday. The only thing I haven't tried is stupid early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, we've got, you know, like two to four people showing up That's every so week. Awesome. At 6 a.m. in the morning. It's yeah. just... And this week, I, I walked out my door. It's Wednesday mornings, and if you know this Wednesday, it was just sheer ice. Yeah. I was like, no one's going to make it. I couldn't even walk to church. I had to take my toms off and put something else on. Just yeah. to get two blocks to the church, uh, and I got there and I hung the sign up saying we're canceled, and then three people pulled up in that moment. I was like, "Okay, all right, well, <laughs> I guess we're doing this thing." But it's just amazing to watch like people 
energized, uh, really kind of being faithful to an event so long as they can make it. They want to be there at 6 a.m. in the morning uh, and just watching how the Spirit's working in those ways. Yep. And I, I can see already how it's putting us on a similar page, how it's getting the heart of God into us because we're all listening and how we've already seen like the Holy Spirit speak words during that time, just like feeling like someone needs prayer for a tumor on the right side of their brain and someone across the room is like, that's my brother, you know, like he's going to die soon is what we've heard because of a tumor on the right side of his brain. And just like watching God show up in those ways and like, man, this is just, this is great. Uh, I've been in prayer meetings too that can be very like, uh, you know, just very sad because it's all just petitional. But it's been great to watch people give thanks, to listen to the Spirit, to make petitions, and just to really engage God so early in the morning. And it's been rejuvenating to my heart and I think to theirs too. And it just kind of goes back to what you're talking about. I thought I'd be running on empty by showing up to <laughs> at six o'clock to, to a prayer meeting by myself at six in the morning. It's been the exact opposite. So yeah, I think uh, one of the powerful testimonies this year from our uh, in our conference is the church in Niles. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Greg Rensbury there uh, just felt the Lord saying, you know what. We need to start a, a prayer group that gets together every single morning at six o'clock. Every single morning, wow. or, or I think at seven o'clock. Uh, they get, so every single morning at seven o'clock they gather in, in in an annex. Whoever wants to come, like there's no pressure. So whoever wants to come, and they pray. And and they've had you know like eight to ten people uh, praying every day now mm-hmm. uh, since before annual conference. Um, and uh, what what an amazing testimony. And th- that that kind of of unified, concentrated uh, prayer is just it just uh, it just opens up. It, it tears down strongholds. It opens up all kinds of different things, and we begin to see the Lord move in, in powerful ways that um, you know, can't make up this stuff, and you certainly can't manufacture that kind of thing. Okay, well, uh, this has been the SMC Podcast. Uh, We've been talking with Michael Forney. We're getting ready to wrap up here, uh, but Michael, we turn it over to you. Wrap us up. What's your final word of encouragement here for us? Yeah, I just want to say, if you're you're feeling like you're running on empty or you're running hard towards empty, um, if you're at the end of yourself, um, you know, can I just encourage you, that is a wonderful place to be. Um, we just need to get there sooner most of the time before we feel crushed. But, but, but no, seriously, if that's where you're at today, I just want to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ that um, the good news is it's not on you. And if you will um, take the time to allow the presence of God to wash over you. I mean, some of you are at a place where you can't have faith right now. I mean, you, you really are so burnt you're so tired, you're so weary, maybe you've just faced intense opposition, you're like, I'm not really even sure God is good right now. I'm not really sure there is a way out. Even in that place, if you will begin to worship, if you will begin to uh, lean into God and to sing songs of praise, the Spirit of God will flood into your heart. He will exchange the, the, the... uh, the spirit of heaviness with the garment of praise. He will begin to exchange 
that um, weariness in your soul for exuberance, he will begin to pour out his faith on you and you will begin to feel that faith well up. And uh, in that, God will renew your strength. And you don't have to try harder. You don't have to be afraid of failing. Um, You can trust that the Lord is good and that even if you can't see the light right now, God is with you in the darkness and he will help you um, make the make the path forward. And I encourage you to reach out um, uh, to fellow pastors as well, um, friends and fellow pastors or to the conference. And we want to come alongside of you and pray for you and, and uh, believe God with you for a different day. Awesome. Well, hey, we love to hear your stories and your feedback. Uh, if you have an email for us, shoot it right there. Otherwise, you can just go to smcfmc.org and submit uh, what you'd like to say on our contact page. Uh, we like to hear what God's doing in your church and uh, uh, how you've come to the end of yourself <laughs> so that he can use you in these new ways. So, Michael, thanks for talking with us today. Yeah, you bet. And we'll catch you all, guys. Catch you all, y'all guys, next week. All y'all. All y'all on the SMC Podcast. MC Podcast.